0: We want to read you a little uh, nonprofit sponsor from Hashtag Schools Not Prisons. Schools Not Prisons is the leading brand at the intersection of art, culture, and activism since 2016. Schools Not Prisons has reached millions of people and connected hundreds of artists with grassroots youth-serving organizations... Across the United States, Schools Not Prisons supports campaigns that are creating a new vision of safety centered on health, healing, and investing in people. For more information, visit schoolsnotprisons.us. Please go there. Please. Health, healing, and investing in humans, right?
1: It's about time. It is about
0: time. Welcome to Launch Left. Hi, sis. Hi, sissy. I'm Rain Phoenix. And I'm Summer Phoenix. And you are on Launch Left, a space for famed creatives to launch the next wave of music revels, but also an intentional space to highlight and empower all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity.
1: You are waiting for me to Come yeah, in on. I necessity. thought you were gonna. I know do that necessity. was I know that had become our thing, and then I just you, pulled back that one well, that was time. That's very I left this interview to
0: back off. Yeah, the same look, old, I choose same whatever old. I want to yeah. do. I'm an individual. Right. So. Um, I love that about you, <clears throat> sis. Welcome, 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 welcome. That's a John Oliver. uh That's a hat's a, a tip, salute to. A, yeah, what is it? Tip of the hat to John Oliver. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Never even seen it. Oh, it's great. Last week tonight. Great show. Um, anyway, we're here today with Lisa Roth. What? Yeah, Lisa Roth, the yeah. Lisa Roth, rockabye baby, Lisa Roth, big time. What? So we're- happy to have her. Welcome to the show, Lisa Roth. You're in the room with us.
2: What, Lisa Roth? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's Lisa Roth? Welcome, yeah. welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, you are uh, someone we think is pretty left of center because you you had this. Brilliant idea to take rock and roll and indie rock songs and make them lullabies, <laughs> make them palatable for babies, so that their parents could enjoy their favorite songs to soothe their babies. What a great idea! Very outside the box. You memorized our
2: verbiage. Really,
0: I didn't. <laughs> Why? I didn't read anything. To be clear, that I did zero is our research.
2: Exact verbiage. That is hilarious. <laughs> I really did. I guess we succeeded. Yeah, it was out of necessity. I was buying a baby shower gift and I thought, oh, this person loves music, this is gonna be so easy. I don't have children, I'm not around babies very much and lo and behold, there wasn't much out there. I was excited to give and I thought we should do, I had actually that week just started working at a record label 14 years ago. And I thought we should do like babies for sex pistols or babies for something that you would enjoy giving to a parent, has sense of humor, kills two birds. And um, I went back to the label and we started working on it. And my coworker at the time, Valerie Aiello, came up with lullaby renditions of Led Zeppelin. It was green-lighted. And 14 years later, we have... Rocking a world-renowned, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Wow, what a story. We have over a hundred, almost a hundred artists, lullabied, and it's available anywhere you can find music. Never thought in my life this is what I would be doing at this age, but here we are. And when did the, when did you start this business?
0: 14 years ago. Well, I actually, oh, I think she doesn't like my to, li- fact I mean, she,
1: really, yeah, she doesn't quite She's
0: my real time anyway, fact like... checker. Some things come in, some things don't. I'm really glad to hear
2: that. That means <laughs> half of what I say won't stay. And that's comforting. Um, I started working at a label called CMH Label Group 14 years ago. And thought of this the first week I was there. And in 2006, 13 years ago, it was launched. So it's actually an imprint under the umbrella CMH Label Group.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. And I assume you don't work at CMH
2: Label Group anymore. Yeah, I do. You do? I work for CMH Label Group. Wow. My little imprint is owned by CMH Label Group.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So walk us through the process. You choose a a band that you love and say, we would like a rendition of this. And then you hire different singers to come in. You get the CMHA label group probably gets the rights from they approach the
2: band. Okay, so we have our release schedule a year in advance. We do four to six, eight artists a year. We, um, we listen to social media, we talk to all the music lovers at our label, we all have our ear to the ground. We pick a spectrum of artists every year, all genres. Um, some more deep cut artists, some more mainstream. Uh, and we approach the owners or publishers of each song on each album and license the song. And then we send them out to a handful of producers that we've been using for years. They deconstruct the original compositions, put them back together using our palette of instruments. My coworker and I, James Curtis, sit down and listen to every note that they have put back together. We send copious notes to them. They send back. The, the fixed songs, and we go back and forth like that, maybe 8, 10, 12, 14 times before we get the perfect clunk and tinkle, but still retain the kind of the original intention of Metallica or, you know, Lady Gaga, whoever it may be. And um, so it goes back and forth like that. And it's a little bit of an art form, mm-hmm. I have to say. <laughs> we take making lullabies very seriously and um, and they're instrumental. So it doesn't matter what the words are.
1: Seriously? So there's no lyrics whatsoever? No lyrics. It's
2: which, just the melody. okay. Yeah, some of those lyrics might not go over well with a new parent, but... <laughs> <laughs> Shut the uh f- up. Exactly. <laughs>
1: wow. That's incredible. Okay. I was you also. can tell we really did our research.
0: Well, we rarely do. i you know glad
2: I am. I didn't even, I wasn't even convinced we were going to talk about Rock by Baby. And I was really excited because you tell the same story over and over. Yeah. Um, well, so it's we can little- stop talking about it. Believe well, me, we got a my little- next question had no- nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, no, it's a little refreshing, honest. Thank you. Yay. Yeah. Well, what something that you said really
1: caught me. Which was, this is not what you thought you would be doing at this point in your life. And so I am interested in your trajectory up until this point and sort of, um, or up until the point that you, the inception of this idea and um, where you were at,
2: at that, you know, when this idea,
1: I mean, only if you'd like to share, it interests me. So I'm curious.
2: Yeah. I'm interested in that in people too. Um, where to begin? So I'm going to start up until joining the company and move backwards. Um, When I started there, I had not worked for a year. Um, My father got very sick and I took care of him for the last year of his life and was introduced to the owner of CMH label group who hired me to do nutrition lectures for his record label because I was a nutritionist for 20 years. Mm. And um, so I did a few lectures. His business partner at the time worked with me nutritionally and hired me to work there with no job title, no job description. He just thought I should be there and That's what brought me to the label. Prior to that, prior to my father getting sick, I worked in documentary-style television, Discovery, National Geographic. I was a segment producer, mostly for health programming. And prior to that, 20 years a nutritionist. Prior to that, I wanted to be a prima ballerina. Studied dance most of my life, but I'm a good like Eastern European Jewish stock, I have no point. Yes, Yes. (laughs) I had no point, no turnout. I just wasn't meant to be. Um, So that's what got me there. As far as knowing what I wanted to do, quite obviously I've never known what I wanna do. I just sort of walk into things. It's my life story. Um, I think a defining moment, everybody has them, hopefully many, I have many. Um, but one big one, when I was very young, 14 years old, my mother suffered a traumatic brain injury. And from that point on, everything familiar kind of went poof and I never really had the, um, what do you call it, the the spirit to make big picture goals and mm-hmm. think about what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became just sort of leveraging whatever resources I had, which were mostly people skills. I think they call them soft skills now. Um, and I honed them and have gotten myself into a lot of trouble with them. I've talked my way into every career I've had with very little qualification. I have an uncanny ability to convince people I'm very qualified. But then I haul ass and learn and ask Mm -hmm. questions and I'm on my third career and um, I'm still sort of pursuing a passion and all of that.
1: Wow, love it! Thank you very so much for sharing. Very old late bloomer.
2: Yeah, sharing. Very. Cool. Now
1: you are musical, right? I mean, your mother was a trained musician.
2: My mother played violin. Um, everybody in my family is musical, but me, really. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard that you played
0: trumpet. Oh my God! Pretty yes. Sure. Well, did you go down a wiki wormhole?
1: No.
2: Okay, let me explain. Okay, so I can't carry a tune to save my life, the only one in my family. (laughs) I was a dancer, which is musical, Mm -hmm. in my body, still dance. Um, I love music, um, but uh, the trumpet, I learned guitar was the first thing I learned when I was eight years old. I got as far as Michael row the boat ashore and whatever. Um, it's more I, than both of us put together, even though we <laughs> pretend otherwise. C chord, G chord, two chords, we'll never I forget it. D and,
1: oh yeah, I mean, I e, that's true. <laughs> I didn't know that Michael rode the boat ashore was only C and G, so.
2: Now you do. I misspoke. Now we all know Michael rode the boat ashore. <laughs> um, when I was in high school, my high school, John Muir High School in Pasadena was known for their drum corps and they were hot. And in marching band, the trumpeters stood next to the drummers. And I said, I'm gonna learn how to play trumpet cause they're hot. <laughs> so that was the extent of my trumpet training. Um, I was really bad at it, but I had fun for a year. We played Isaac Hayes and Bill, oh, what was his name? can't remember. Anyway, um so that was my trumpet playing. So it was pretty bogus.
1: Born and raised uh LA gal or even, I mean Pasadena? No.
2: No. I was born in Indiana. Okay. Indianapolis, Indiana. My father went to medical school there after he had kids. And then we moved to Massachusetts, Boston where he did his residency and then we moved to Pasadena. I was young, I was eight years old. And um, it was my brother and I I have a sister who was born, Allison, in Pasadena. Um, So we kind of moved around a little bit. But yep, Pasadena.
0: Speaking of your brother, Somerset's mentioned that your brother is David Lee Roth. Is that true?
2: Well, I don't know—is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a great in this- thing. Always oh, a great. We okay, David Lee Roth. Are you me? We're children of the '80s. Yeah, kidding. Okay. All the yeah, all Van the songs. To-
0: <laughs> Please jump, jump.
2: The- well, then I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, you don't have to, but no, no, um, I'm. Kidding. Well, we're we're fans of the music
2: anyway. Yeah. Um, well, he, you know the saying: um, after they made him, they threw away the mold. That yeah. is for reals. yeah Yeah. he's did he take dance
0: because he could kick really high he was a martial artist okay that's what it was yeah i knew there was some kind of movement to that because i was always like wow he's He's still a martial
2: artist yeah
1: and you trio of siblings um Uh, it sounds like your younger sister was quite a bit younger, right? My sister's eight years younger than me.
2: Yeah. so And you... equally talented. We're all very involved with each other in various ways. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And has that been a welcome support through the different um, things you've had to go through with both of your parents?
2: I like to think that, you know what, every fa- here's the way I want to look at it. Every family has its things um, when there when there's a crisis or a trauma everybody goes into their particular mode mm-hmm. and we all have something to offer to each situation and it's different and if you can accept that each person is contributing in a different way mm-hmm. might not be the way you want but it's working, it's helping, then that's awesome. And I feel like my siblings have all contributed and been there in various ways. And I feel now, as I get older, very lucky to have them in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess the answer is yes. Yeah. yeah. With, so I, with a healthy dose of acceptance, yeah. which kind of gets us I think us on through- everyone's part, not just mine. Sure. <laughs> Everyone's part. I mean, isn't that the case for
1: all things for everybody to like be able I'm to still working
0: on my acceptance?
1: Oh, totally. I'm just, I just constantly <laughs> I I looked at you like, oh, I see. You're accepting. You guys want to talk. Yeah, I'm not about? even working on mine
0: yet. Here, Please don't touch me. I'm not around. even working yet. <laughs> this is my favorite thing to do when we do this on air. It's like the best moment.
2: Well, I'd like um, to hear more about that.
0: Oh. Yeah, well, after I go back to because something stood out to me that I thought was powerful, and I'd love to talk more deeply about it. Uh, you mentioned, you know, markers, and and that you know your mom's injury was one, and and it seemed like your dad's passing might have been one as well. But also how through those things, you you you're one of those people who just like manifests your own destiny, and you're somebody who believes you can do something well before you have the skills, but you talk yourself and other people into it and then you manifest it. That to me is, is a subject that I love to talk about with artists and other creatives because, you know, I think so much, um, so much of the time that we get locked in this, like I was never trained or that person's better than me or why try? Because I, you know, and just that, that level of confidence you had just to, whether it's, so you said soft skills or people skills, but, but to do that, you know, all that that requires is is a level of confidence in your human spirit, like what lives in all of us. Right. And so it's almost like you are able to, um, tap into who you really were and why you're here, even though you don't know what, what you say yourself, I have no idea what I was ever going to be or wanted to be. And I, it keeps changing, right? But there's still, it's almost like every time you go back to source. And that's like a bit, that's of huge interest to me is like um, people, creatives, artists, business people um, um, who are creatives in their own right, who go back to source um, every time to regroup and then tell their story from that vantage. Uh, is there, is, can you give us like a specific example of one of those times where it was like, I know we spoke a little bit about Rock by Baby, which is more now, but I, with all the various things you did, you know, was there a specific time that you really did have that moment where you're like, okay, I have no idea what I'm doing. I know, but I'm doing this. And it came from that indwelling place. Oh,
2: all, everything I've done, I feel like a fraud. This is my life story. Totally. It's, absolutely my life story. And it's only now, I mean, literally this year, writing about it, um, talking about it, like in forums like this, that I'm starting to appreciate it as being something other than fumbling my way through life. There's a skill set there. There's actually a skill set. Who knew? Um, but you know, my nutrition, I was still in school and in conversation with someone who was an entertainment manager, thought what I knew could be so helpful to one of his clients, a very well known entertainer. They hired me to work with them. And so I started my practice before I even finished school. And it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Because this is a person's well being, but also how do you run a business? Mm. And then television, after 20 years of nutrition, I wasn't your basic nutritionist. Um, it was more about teaching awareness and um, being present in your body and aware of the choices you're making and all that. I wanted to do something new. And a friend of mine said, You should produce television. I thought, OK so she got me my first job i was responsible for producing segments for the pilot of a new series well as you know a pilot determines whether the show gets picked up yeah i'd never done anything in my freaking life like this ever but i knew people that had and i was in that little office in the basement of the gower studios on the phone to my cousin what does this mean? What does that mean? Calling my friend. I don't know how to do this. How I do? It's terrifying. It took years off my life. Like every single step. Music. I don't know anything about the music business. Babies. I knew nothing about babies. Um, I didn't even have a job description. I just showed up and one thing I'm good at is seeing the big picture and hearing what's not being said and seeing what's not being shown and making suggestions. And, yeah, I would say every, when my mother had her accident, you know, my parents divorced, my mother wasn't the same person, 14 years old, you, you show up, you do something, one foot in front of the other, and things start to unfold. Um,
1: How much do you believe that the that early adversity played into your success
2: oh completely 100% everything goes back to that moment everything well everything goes back to your family of origin anyway mm-hmm. but in answer to your question everything um, I just wrote an article, I was asked to write an article on entrepreneurship, which I am not an entrepreneur. Um, But of course I said, sure. And then I heard um, an interview with a woman named Tina Selig, who she's a Stanford professor and she was describing a big picture in her office describing entrepreneurship. And it was something like entrepreneurs do more than seems, wait, entrepreneurs do the impossible with much less than, I don't know. Than seems possible? Than seems possible. Entrepreneurs do the impossible with much less than seems possible, Uh something like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, ooh this is kind of sounding like something I can get into. Mm -hmm. And then she said um, that entrepreneurship is not about launching businesses. It's about leveraging resources. And I thought, well, that I can relate to. That's what I've been doing. Whatever I had innately, I have been leveraging my entire life. And then I realized in that moment, I have an article and that Everything I learned, if I go by her description, I learned from my mother's accident, showing up for years, years and years. That's all I could do. Even now, sometimes, one foot in front of the other, show up, not a big deal, baby moves, but at least you're moving forward and creating opportunity for things to happen. yeah, you're not shrinking from whatever is the thing either. You're yeah. showing up. Yeah,
0: you know, and that's that's a huge thing. I think a lot right. of times fear motivates as right. opposed to I got to do this. You know, yeah. like a
2: well, survival exactly. is a big plus. I came from a family before it blew up. I came from a family of overachievers, charismatic, artistic people and that was drilled into me as a young child and i thought well i got to do something i'm just going to keep showing up <laughs> um
1: But there was, it sounds like there was a lot of interdependence also that got you because each time you related a story about each of the different moments that you were, it was always, well, a friend said this, or I met somebody who did this and that, and that all comes from like, you can't meet, you can't make those connections if you're not, if you're not showing up. So that's a huge lesson
2: and a beautiful one. And thank you for sharing it with us. It's, it's. It sounds like nothing, but honestly, it's what got me sitting here with you guys. So it is um, it is a lesson. You can, sometimes it doesn't have to be a big, beautiful, incredibly moving, erudite, intellectual thing you're describing. Sometimes just show up one foot in front of the other. I think that's great advice. Yeah, it's huge. It's
1: extremely Im- inspiring and it feels it feels really big, honestly, because it's something that we are all capable of no matter where we are that's in true. our lives, right? Yeah. Is waking up and and suiting up and then showing up. Yeah. So Thank you. That's
0: really, really awesome. Yeah. Should we ask our three questions? Oh yeah, let's get
2: let's <gasps> Oh, three's my lucky number.
1: Oh, awesome. us too. Yeah, I think. we love. Oh. Three. Yeah, um, you go ahead, sis.
0: Well, just who do you listen to for inspiration musically? Do you have any musical and?
2: Oh, gosh. Well, how much time do we have?
1: I know that's the thing about it is that it's such a difficult question. So she said, okay, like, let's just say that we give them two.
2: And then it's like, really? How are you supposed okay, to I'm only gonna, say two? But just whatever I'm going to you... answer the way I do everything. Okay, Big great. picture, broad strokes. So my all-time favorite music ever always has been, always will be 60s and 70s R&B soul music. Philly Sound, stacks Records, Motown. I listened to it this morning. I mm-hmm. listened to it always. Best music ever made. Mm-hmm. Do you hear me, people? Do you dance to this as I well? Dance. Yeah. I dance. I am touched by it. Love it. Mm-hmm. However, I also this morning listened to Kanye's Fade oh. to get me pumped up. Yeah. What a girl. Oh. So and... Which he actually samples, Rare Earth, which was a Motown rock band. Um, I listened to Blaze Foley. If I can only, if I could only fly, which made me cry. I listened to who else? Oh, Gregory Porter. Do you know Gregory? No. Oh, it sounds like you're just letting us know, though. Oh, no. yeah. Okay, this guy. They call him a jazz vocalist. He's very soulful. And the first note he hits, any song he sings, I burst into tears. I could burst into tears here today thinking about it. (laughs) Um, And working on Rockabye Baby, I have to get to know all the 100 artists we've done very well because we're deconstructing their songs, turning them into lullabies. So I'm discovering artists, including my brother's own, what do you call it, catalog, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which was way bigger than I thought. Um, (laughs) So I'm discovering like classic rock. And I love pop culture. I love pop artists. Um, It's really broad. And then what's interesting, as I'm talking in the back of my mind, There are, I don't know about you guys, I would be interested to know this, there are periods I go through where I can't listen to music because it's, so provocative.
1: I mean, I was going to say, yes, you can talk to us about yes. that because we know that very well because yeah. that is absolutely there are good, large periods of my life where I'm just like silence is the only music yeah. that I want to listen yeah. to. And then my kids will be like, it's silent in here. Can we please pump up the jams? Yeah,
2: it'll bring me back, but Well, and I think about it because music is like my soul. Mm-hmm. But there are times where i go for a long time and i think it's because music is your soul it's so provocative that sometimes it hurts too much or it feels too to much break. i can't
0: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah so does I answer your questions? absolutely
0: <laughs> actually i feel like that was so beautifully said that you answered two questions one was who inspires you like uh, and who who are you listening to now you you did both
2: okay so thank you which brings us
1: to the third question which is um rain you always ask this question best i feel like but you look better asking it well we can how how about (laughs) you start it and i'll kind of get in on it wait let me try and read your mind
0: okay
2: very intuitive
0: in a world speckled with many things that are painful to witness and hear about and and Mm and uh difficult it, to be a part of it, is there is there something that you are passionate about or champion that's mushroom in french champion
1: yes it is <laughs> but it also is just champion right and thank you i was waiting for you to oh, whoa Aubergin.
0: whoa what From what was raspberry <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> um is there a form of activism that you
2: Oh, Ascribe or to or cause or cause. Oh, or. wow! Another wow, these questions are awesome and powerful. And have you but started
0: giving a slice of ba- rockabye
2: baby to charity? Yes, Woo! that's all we want to. Hear. I did, wow. I did this year. Um, and we will be doing more. Um, that's great. I did a compilation album called Who Runs the World, it's all female artist lullabies. For Planned Parenthood, wonderful, oh, um, amazing. There was a period of time in my life when Planned Parenthood was my only source of medical help. Um, that's where I went for medicine. Um, people don't know that they do that, and um, it's killing me. I I I grew up in Pasadena, California, which many people don't know was the first city after Alabama to be handed a federal mandate to desegregate. So by the time I went to school there, it was a very integrated school system, and I was the minority. So in the late 60s throughout the 70s, when I came of age, we were all little activists fighting. Um, The Equal Rights Amendment was passed, Roe versus Wade. Feminism, burning the bra. I have so many photographs in high school of not wearing a bra that, (laughs) even as an adult, I really only start wearing one recently. Um, That club, uh, yeah. Um, I don't need one, but anyway. Wow. Um, So bragging, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Because no, just because like there's nothing there. Anyway, also join the club. So, um, yeah, all these things were going on and we were joining arms and integration for a little window of time in the 70s. Oh, now I'm gonna get emotional. I knew this was gonna happen. It was a real thing. And when I see what's happening today with Planned Parenthood, racism, racism, Equal rights. The only thing that brings me um, peace is that there's a light being shined on the cockroach, as they say. Now, none of this ever went away, but it feels so bad compared to the foundation that came from. And over the years, I've watched it be dismantled, and the past couple of years, um, politically, just everything that means something to my heart Mm -hmm. being dismantled and diminished and destroyed and you know i believe in the pendulum theory things swing to one extreme swing to the other and we'll find its center um and hopefully the next level we ascend to will be cleaner and better um than what came before but I don't even know what you asked, and I apologize. You
1: answered beautifully, eloquently, inspiringly. Thank you. And thank you
0: for joining us today. Wow. What, What a gift to have you on the show.
2: Well, thank you. This is really awesome, and the questions you ask are so meaningful, and I appreciate you including me.
1: Um, and are you willing to make a new friend? I mean, can we just like hang out? Would love it. General. I don't have enough friends. Yay! (laughs) I mean, not yay for that, but like, yay, we get to be friends.
2: Thank you. (laughs) Thanks again. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Hashtag Schools Not Prisons is the leading brand at the intersection of art, culture, and activism. Since 2016, Hashtag Schools Not Prisons has reached millions of people and connected hundreds of artists with grassroots youth-serving organizations across the United States. Hashtag Schools Not Prisons supports campaigns that are creating a new vision of safety centered on health, healing, and investing in people. Hashtag Schools Not Prisons is produced and managed by Revolve Impact, an award-winning creative agency and content studio that utilizes radical imagination, art, and culture to communicate ideas, connect brands with causes, and advance social change. For more information, visit schoolsnotprisons.us.